4: The following is a presentation of the Force Center Podcast Feed.
5: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center Podcast Feed is the Clone
6: Wars Report. it Wow.
5: <laughs> I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making the impressive exotic space whammy bar noises with their mouth is Ken Knapsack.
6: This is kind of a rock and roll
5: episode, so that makes sense for you. you know? Yeah, this episode is, uh, this arc rather, is all about Boba Fett and then I would say Kevin Kiner.
6: <laughs> it is. Yeah. There's
5: a ton of great music and just a great variety of music in this arc.
6: Totally is, and, and you know, I, I think with Kiner and, and the Clone Wars and Rebels, I think it's just one of those things that's, uh, you know, not unsimilar to Williams. It's it's so great, it's there, and and, and as great as it is, you kind of almost forget. It. It's lo- I love it when it's highlighted every.
5: Yeah, yeah, and this episode, this arc really does uh, underline it and highlight it a few times, which is absolutely great. There are some themes, some Mm. uh, musical themes, as well as themes, which we will get to as we discuss this arc. Uh, The arc that we're calling Boba Fett's Revenge, or at least uh, Attempted Revenge, because there are a lot of revenges attempted. The episodes in this arc are uh, Season 2, Episode 20, The Death Trap, written by Doug Petrie, directed by Stuart Lee. Season 2, Episode 21, R2 Come Home, (laughs) written by Yon. Mahoney, directed by Giancarlo Volpi. Season 2, Episode 22, Lethal Trackdown, written by Dave Filoni and Drew Z. Greenberg, directed by Dave Filoni. Great to see some. uh, Obviously, Filoni is always involved, but to see the writing credit, the director credit. And what a great arc. What great titles. Two titles that sound like uh, absolute, just hard metal songs. The Death Trap and Lethal Trackdown. And then R2 Come Home, <laughs> which sounds like a, a sad uh, Peanuts and Charlie Brown special.
6: Yeah, yeah, that's a great look at it. There's, uh, there's gonna be some musical conversations uh, all around these episodes for me and you here. But uh, yeah, R2 Come Home is almost like that's the, the lighter song, right? It's like uh, the band's big ballad, the power ballad.
5: It really is like normally, especially to hear Lucas talk about it. The second chapter in a trilogy is the dark episode. Mm -hmm. Not so much with this trilogy. Uh, The R2 Come Home episode is in some ways uh, the more fun part of the trilogy. Uh, Well, I wrote up a summary, as always, Ken. So we can try to keep track of what all is going on in this episode. So I will read that and then we'll dive into all of the great things to discuss in the episodes or arc. I can say arc. Damn it. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Revenge. Young Boba Fett is determined to get justice by murdering Mace Windu, the Jedi who murdered Boba's father, Jango Fett. First, Boba pretends to be a clone cadet and targets Mace with a tripwire explosive, but when that attack misses its target, Boba's guardian, the vicious Aura Sing, convinces Boba to destroy the entire Jedi cruiser. The ship, called the Endurance, does indeed endure the crash landing. Mace and Anakin Skywalker search the bridge for survivors, but Boba strikes again. He's now planted an explosive in his father's helmet. Boom! Mace and Anakin are trapped in the rubble, but plucky and skilled droid R2-D2 manages to escape both bounty hunters and Gundarks and returns to Coruscant to get help. Meanwhile, Aura takes the command crew of the Endurance hostage. Boba still wants targeted vengeance on Mace, but Aura now sees the financial value of killing the Jedi and taking his corpse to Dooku for a reward but Mace is too injured from the second attempt on his life to take the bait on the third. So Jedi Master Plo Koon and Ahsoka Tano track Boba, Aura, and Bosk to pirate Captain Hondo's hideout on Florum. Boba is distraught when he realizes his new parental figure, Aura Singh, doesn't care about him, only her own prophet. The Jedi successfully deliver their version of justice. They do this through a combination of precision lightsaber strikes, stern lessons about true honor, and... Successfully freeing the hostages, defeating Orsing, and arresting Bosk and Boba Fett
6: for now. Bum bum bum. Yeah. You know, if I had more uh, time and wasn't as lazy, I'd edit every one of your uh, episode summaries into a super cut.
5: (laughs) It would be very, very long. Uh, There's always so much going on in these episodes, not just with the themes, but a lot of times with the mechanics. And that's one of the reasons that I like writing these summaries to just kind of remind us, uh, because sometimes the, the big picture motivation of what's moving the whole story is described shortly, and then we move on from it. And then other arcs like this a lot of the devil is in the details of the actual plot. You know, when you really look at, like, how many times does Boba try to kill Mace? Exactly how Mm -hmm. does he do it? Uh, What is, uh, whose motivation and when and all those things? Uh, So I like doing the summaries, uh, not only for the fun, but for looking at what's going on there. Ken, what is your overall reaction to this arc?
6: Well, yeah, and I'll tell you what, quick note on your summary here, there's two words you use real well, but very specifically, I'm curious about targeted, which is pretty accurate, and also... They murdered Django. Oh, <laughs> what that! look, a little uh,
5: bit of my own uh, thoughts and opinions might have ooh, slipped in. I think my ooh. summary was biased.
6: <laughs> I love it. No, let's get into that uh, overall. OK, so here it is. Uh, go with me here. Um, it, this is some big swings of episodes by that. I mean, they're, they're swinging for the fences, baseball, sports, home run. They're going trying to go deep. And I really appreciate appreciate these episodes. I'll say this. All the notes hit. I think they've always hit. I, these episodes always kind of stood out with me. This is not a song I listen to often. What I mean by that, all that uh, talk is uh, just as historically over time, not being a huge Boba Fett fan, um, I, I, always, I often don't dig into it. And I was trying to ask myself this time around why. Like why, why, why I do. Because I, I do love these episodes. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things I do love in them. Um, and it might be. You know, I'm curious to, you. Go back at me, Joe, like ping pong. <laughs> back in here, There's a little bit of a big repeating themes and they're great themes. Uh, and Boba's going through what other characters have uh, are going through or will go through in Star Wars. And uh, so sometimes maybe I'm pers- because I'm personally less interested in interested in Boba Fett specifically. I, I don't gr- gravitate to this story, um, but but I, you know, it's almost like I get where he ends. I probably got how for a long time and I, I never thought too much more about it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, things went wrong for old boba um but then again i the same could be said for darth vader right there's never been a surprise it's just digging into why and i just for whatever reason i like that but all that said this is i don't know, like when i'm in music and people are like dude ken what's your favorite rush song i'm like whatever you like because i don't like them but <laughs> i re- represent i understand they represent a, a, a big man um so i don't all that to say i i really like these episodes i really want to dig into them and i really appreciate it uh, that um, these things I, I, we get to deal with these these themes outside of the Jedi or hero character, hmm. uh, or even the Force directly. Force and Jedi are all through these episodes, but you know what I mean. Like it, it, it it's uh, it, it, the the person we're watching here, much like Vader. But Vader has kind of the fate of the galaxy on on his shoulders a lot in, in the storytelling, chosen one, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett, and I like digging into it. Uh, And I I like that there is a Boba Fett tale. This is I'm calling this a coming of rage story.
5: (laughs) That is very, very good. Your uh, experience in wrestling as a as a hype person is becoming very, very clear. Uh, It's been clear all these years. But yeah, this is absolutely a coming of rage story. And that, you know, that is the value of those little short phrases, right? That they really summarize something and give it clarity. Uh, and I think coming of rage is great. I also really
6: like that. I think you said you consider Boba Fett the rush of bounty hunters. <laughs> Today's Tom Sawyer. Yeah, uh, I think I do. <laughs> and I, you know, there's going to be a lot of ro- all my, for 25 years. I was in radio about 25, 30 years ago now. Just no, about 25. God, God, that's scary to think. Um, Yeah, people come after me when I say I don't really love Rush. I really respect Geddy Lee. I get the genius of Geddy Lee Neil Peart on drums. I get it. (laughs) It's never been my stuff that that, that's not my stuff. So I get Boba Fett fans. And I'll tell you what, I love that you get Daniel Logan doing the voice here. And I really love that. And so there's a lot to dig in on these episodes.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let me let me ping pong back to the the uh, Rush because uh, <laughs> I, I feel the same as, as you about the band Rush. All due respect, but not my favorite thing. I'm not going to choose to rock out to it. I will rock out to Boba Fett, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what band I'm going to compare him to. I almost compared him to a, a, a specific band, and I decided not to. I'll That's let that good. be an Easter egg for people to guess at uh, what band I was thinking of. Uh, these episodes, this arc for me, I really, really like it. I, I love that it is a direct follow up to a plot thread from Attack of the Clones yeah. uh, that George, you know, wasn't ended up, uh, didn't end up having room in Revenge of the Sith to actually follow up on. You know, it's one of the things that I really love about Clone Wars. Uh, we always give full credit to to Dave Filoni and all the other great writers and animators who created so much of this, but also, you know, we know from Uh, behind the scenes from the discussions, that it is also George Lucas's playground. Yeah. He didn't get in there and do the work necessarily all the time, but he would come in and say, I want this, I want, bring Darth Maul back, figure it out. (laughs) Somehow Maul has returned, you know, somehow continue my Boba Fett story. So this is one of those episodes that reminds you that it is, even though all these other creators are executing it, it is Lucas's playground um, up to a point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I would love uh, that we continue that. And I think there's such an, an importance to it uh, because I think um, young Boba Fett at the time was one of the things that uh, a lot of uh, people of our generation who grew up with the original trilogy uh, didn't like, right? We already, yeah. uh, many of us, I'm using huge generalizations for ease here. Yeah, Many of us didn't like seeing... Anakin is a little kid. We don't need to see cute Darth Vader. Let's get to you know the the trauma and the falling. Um, and then I think, oh, now now we got Boba Fett as a kid. Oh, we don't need to see uh, kid Boba Fett. We like cool, mysterious armor guy. Yeah. And this episode is so pushing back on cool, mysterious armor guy. This is yeah. an arc that is saying, in to me, that in Lucas's Star Wars no one is just born a bad guy in cool, mysterious armor who kills because it's cool for money that everybody who is making bad choices was injured in some way and unable to get off the cycle of violence. And this is just so owning like, Oh, did you, did you not like him? Cause you didn't want to see a kid. Do you think you don't want to see a cute um, right. Boba Fett with uh, cheeky jokes, uh, you know, uh, you know, too bad. Yeah, yeah. He is a real character a real person with real trauma and really interesting connection to all the lore. You know, I kind of forgot this arc dealt so clearly with whether or not he considers himself a clone, uh, Mm -hmm. whether or not he, you know, is capable of following in his father's uh, footsteps and exactly what footsteps are those. And I think, you know, I really enjoyed reviewing and revisiting these episodes because I think they build really well and match up really well to the Boba Fett that we ultimately see in the Mandalorian, who's also still, you know, Mm -hmm. having to push back on what is his identity? Is he a clone? Is he a bounty hunter? Is he a Mandalorian? Is he a murderer? Is he a man of honor? Those are the things that are being shaped in this, this arc.
6: Yeah. I'm way, I'm way behind you on that. Like, like standing behind you with a, with a shield of armor to, Fighting this war with you. What am I talking about? I don't know. Rush. Uh, no, no, yeah, no. I, I was um, again. Why we love going back in this there uh, here, um, you know, to hear some of the words, direct words that we heard in Mandalorian. Honor specifically comes to mind, and Django and everything. like it, it was really interesting. And obviously the connection of uh, of the man in the cowboy hat. I get it, and I see it, and and uh, yeah, I, I, that's it's, This is a great, great set of episodes to just kind of put in that Boba Fett emotional canon bucket. Yeah,
5: yeah. And all, all, again, all my commentary on this being Lucas's playground is really about instigating these ideas and saying, let's, uh, uh, you know, look at things from this perspective. Clearly, yeah. Filoni uh, is involved with everything in this arc in particular. You know, there is a lot of, uh, you know, great Filoni choices uh, in those featurettes talking about um Building the Kevin Kiner themes, and obviously like the let, let's go to Plo Coon Town and just really have some fun with that <laughs> Jedi. A lot of great uh floney choices. A couple other really big picture things that I liked about this arc is, you know, there's a ton of tension through the episodes. There isn't actually that much action. There are these brief explosions of actions, uh but this episode is Dutch uh, does such a good job of just building the tension, which is a, a fun break from just constant action. Right. Right. Um. I feel like big picture, this arc is so clearly about vengeance and so clearly about Boba Fett, but it also, you know, goes uh, to this effort to to show us a lot of other characters through that journey. Yep. You know, Mace's guilt, uh, Ahsoka's growth, Artu's humanity, um, and the, I think the reason that I phrased <laughs> in the summary uh, that Mace murdered uh, Jengo's or Boba's father, Jango, yep. is. It, it, this episode just—it's—it's it, it, uh, it's almost like a that's art that's sort of created by negative space. Mm. Mace's feelings about murdering Django or killing Django or defending against mm-hmm. Django yeah. aren't super directly addressed. He's thinking about something when he stares at that helmet, but the fact that all of the events in this episode are swirling, or these this arc is swirling around Mace's action. Mm. invites us to question it without super directly addressing it itself in the episodes
6: yeah no yeah 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 uh, I I'm, I'm with you on that there and, and not to get into the mace of it all quite yet but also to dive right in like yeah I I, I look I I would not lose any sleep if I was a mace I wouldn't lose any sleep for Django but you can't ignore this and this is almost like it's coming back to really just be front and center for him like it's in the back of his head. I took some of the moments early on where he's just he's really like, yeah, you know what? I i didn't deal with this <laughs> uh, myself emotionally, a mace like I do. I did what I ha- felt I have to do, but I also knew the repercussions and I got to find the way through all of that, I guess, for me.
5: Yeah. And the episodes actually do a great job in in a comic way of kind of highlighting how. Uh, tight-lipped mace is you know when there's a couple of like great pointed moments where somebody says something and is waiting for very opinionated Mm. mace windu to have a reaction and he just says "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) you know it kind of reminds you that you know uh, mace uh is almost like this uh Mm. this uh sort of paternal figure who uh everybody's waiting for their opinion and he often withholds it and you're like okay well great okay okay then space jedi dad Yeah, right. (laughs) What are we supposed to make of that? Anyway, uh, so there's some of the big picture stuff. Let's get into some of the details. Uh, We always like to discuss the morals of the episodes, the ones that actually flash on the screen. Got three, I think, very different morals. Uh, The first episodes is who my father was matters less than my memory of him. Adversity is a friendship's truest test. And revenge is a confession of pain. Uh, which of those grabbed you? Which of those do you want to discuss, Ken?
6: Well, look, I, I think revenge is a confession of pain is the is the most um, most direct and easiest to, to gather, process, and go. oh, yes, yes, true, true. I but I, so th- maybe because of that, I was drawn a little bit more to the first one because I, I I'm still wondering. You know, I'm still kind of layering it over the episode, but also the episodes to to see what were what I love about it. It's very intriguing. It's very alert. What what a weird clone wars moral, right? It's it's just uh it open to some interpretation. This is where I went with it, and get that ping pong paddle out. I want I want to, I want you to let me know here.
5: I'm twirling it in my
6: fingers, well, Neil Pert with a drumstick. This this episode these arcs kind of end with Hondo describing. What I would describe as a different point of view of Django to Boba,
2: mm-hmm. and
6: maybe it's a maybe it's a view that Boba has and had and saw. Uh, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I'm trying to say I don't want to defend Django for all of his actions in life, but Django's an interesting character as time rolls on in Star Wars. Going back to Prime Minister Almax, just f that guy. <laughs> to what we go a little little bit later on, also what we learn with Boca Ten and. And, and all the stuff in, with the armor, Mando, where you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe who knows? I, I, I want to dive a little bit more into Jango's life more than I can thought I would, especially in 2002. I always didn't have a problem with Jango. Um, so uh, hear me out here. It's like, if Honda's kind of saying that Boba, maybe he has this feeling. Yeah. I think my father was honorable, but maybe he's choosing a path of revenge and, 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 and because of, of the death of his father, the father, the mur- murder of his father, but it's leading him away from maybe the truth of who Django is. Does that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. wrong form of inspiration. So who my father was, he might be an honorable guy who got involved in some stuff or took a deal. And, but my memory of him uh, and what he meant to me is, is is fueling me down this path of revenge. And, and that's become more important to me and maybe taking me away from who my father was, would even want this. I now personally Ken, me, I think Django might be like, yeah, go kill him. But I don't know. I, know. I want to have a cup of coffee with Django and find out a little bit more. Anyway, that's where I started this episode, Joseph. That's where I was looking at.
5: Yeah, I was really affected by that first moral because it is just structured differently. Most of the morals are a have a you in them, right? Not most of them, but they often have a you like they have a this is advice for everyone. Or this is a a truth of the galaxy, Um this one sounds like the the first line of a of a journal you know uh, it's really <laughs> a, nice. you know an oscar winning uh, movie based on the non-fiction uh you know <laughs> bestseller uh yeah. who my father was matters less than my memory of him it, and that, i think it's it's really interesting the whole arc starts with the mention of a father because i think there is you know obviously boba's going through this but it's a big part of anakin's story is not having uh parental figures m- mace almost filling this right. role of this kind of a approving or disapproving mentor figure we got some definitely kind of parental mentorship going on between uh plo koon and ahsoka um so this idea of who my father was matters less than my memory of him is yeah it's really asking you putting you in boba fett's head and asking you which is he acting on is he acting on the memory of someone who clearly loved him you know, raised him as a son, raised him to have, you know, to be strong and independent and lead a good life from the little bit we've seen uh, Mm -hmm. versus, you know, what was the truth of who my father was? What didn't I see? What didn't I understand? You know? Yeah. And maybe some of this is Boba looked up to his father and saw a guy who just, you know, took no BS. And if you came at him, uh, you died. And maybe Boba didn't see a part of it that Django was making choices. You know, did he did he have a, a code of honor that he didn't entirely get an opportunity to, you know, make sure that his son understood of like mm. when that guy came at me, I killed him. When that guy came at me, I tracked him down and killed him. This other person, I wouldn't track down and kill for reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That maybe you were too young to understand, Boba, you know?
6: Mm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm there with you on that.
5: Yeah, uh, so a lot of interesting stuff in these, but that is definitely the the, the uh, most unique one. Adversity is a friendship's truest test. I, I mean, to me, that one's great. It, that could just also be, uh, once again, don't doubt R2. <laughs> Come on.
6: Yeah, I once again, our, our pal Mark Ellis is screaming to the rooftops, R2 is the number one hero in all of Star Wars. Without him, uh, he, going, going back to the Zillow Beast <laughs> episode, <laughs> uh, Anakin might be dead. Yeah, I did like these episode, that episode um, a lot. Uh, it called this one uh, growth through adversity uh, and, and R2 and Anakin maybe get stronger. Um, Mace is the one that kind of really maybe grows here with, with R2. Some thoughts there. But I also look, uh, the bounty hunting team starts to break apart because they got some adversity going <laughs> their way and they do not get stronger. They do not grow. And uh, no. that's just failed. So I like that.
5: Yeah. Yeah, uh, R2, I think, is a better uh, moral character than uh, Orsinger Castus, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, revenge is a a confession of pain that to me feels like the moral of this entire arc, that you can convince yourself that revenge is uh, necessary or it's honor or justice, but it is, uh, you know, striking out in pain or striking out in anger because you were hurt because you lost something, you know?
6: Yeah, yeah, we got Boba and pain. I I put a note of we got Anakin with past pain and maybe future pain that he's already maybe feeling or aware of or soon to be. Um, and then the stuff with Mace and I was almost going to ask you. It's like, uh, do you? I I like what you how you started this, where I I do think there was um, remorse, questions, thoughts. uh, You know, there's 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 a war going on. There's a lot he's probably done, and maybe he doesn't have the time to think about it. Maybe he doesn't want to think about it. And with the revenge being. A confession of pain we 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 all would agree i think revenge might be a bad thing um <laughs> star wars specifically but the fact that uh i was intrigued I'm totally curious about your thoughts here Joseph. like if revenge is a confession of pain and mace wants nothing of that revenge does he really feel that pain has he confessed it in other ways and and, and where is it on his soul and you dressed a little bit up top but i just that's kind of some maybe some of the stoic nature of mace there
5: yeah, I think my interpretation of Mace is that much like Anakin, and I think there's a lot in this arc that that invites you to compare Mace and Anakin. Yeah, um, that he is a direct line Jedi. Like he he crosses his legs and he meditates with everybody else, but he is somebody yeah. who comes down to, look, we can twist ourselves in knots, but you know, someone is hurting someone else. We'll give him a warning, but then I have no problem like being oh, cut off your hand, cut off your head, because it has to be done. You know, yeah. I I like Mace has this energy of like, I am in control of myself. I will not cross uh, over to the dark side. But when I feel action must be taken, I'm clear on it. And then this feels like not not even that he is in pain or guilty or doubting his choice uh, to definitively uh, mm-hmm. end the threat of Jango Fett. But more that it's this like kind of deep sigh of like. I'm a very direct line guy, and I know that violence begets violence. And that's a thing that's unfortunate you have to deal with every time. Sometimes, Judd, I have to take action and perform violence. It's always the last choice. I made the choice with Django. And it's almost like this deep sigh of like, I know this. It's a direct line. Violence begets violence. And here's that violence coming from me. And I got so much else on my plate. You know, I'm worried about the war. I'm worried about this, you know, reckless chosen one right next to me. <laughs> and and now I got to deal with this, too. And not even in a like, oh, God, I have to deal with this. <laughs> what a yeah. pain in the butt. But more that like he's just like, uh, uh, hello, problem. How can I solve you? I, I'm, I yeah. shut down my emotions and problem. How can I solve you? And and it's more like to me, I think when he's looking at that helmet, he's just like, ah, right. That's a problem that I'm very familiar with. Violence begets violence. How do I solve it? I think within that it invites the audience or at least me, the audience, because I always do to question, Okay, yeah, absolutely. Cut his hand off. You really need to take his head. You couldn't have given him just a massive force push into the wall. Like, you know, I I think that there for me, there's really intriguing gray area in Mace's choice.
6: Yeah, no. And look, you go back and walk, watch Attack of the Clones. When he does it, that that look, that Sam Jackson look, is pretty classic in its own way. And it could be, it could be a lot of different things. And some of sometimes I sometimes I watch it, and it's just like him going, "Hmm, yeah. What else you got, Dooku? I feel. Uh,
5: I really feel like he's like. I said very clearly that the party is over, and then you didn't leave my house.
6: <laughs> you're still here.
5: You are um, still eating the chips and dip. I told yeah. you the party's over.
6: But to tie this, you're tying it into the big question, uh, one of the big questions of, of the clone war in Star Wars, when you're dealing with in-story conversation about, you know, should we be doing this? I'm a general, What are we, you know, um, and then him being motivated by saving lives, uh, jump into action uh, to, to save the hostages. Um, but I, but I love, love the moment. It's in my favorite line section a little bit later on, but just like when he tells Anakin or, you know, what else should I be doing? Like, it's oh, a, yeah. Skywalker. <laughs> it's a great moment. So, yeah, I think you're right there. There's no clear answers. It's food for thought. And, and it's part of the big uh, philosophical question about the Jedi being in this Clone War. Uh, I love it.
5: Yeah. And I guess maybe to put a more uh not uh, a positive spin on it or a justice for the Jedi spin. You know, I yeah. think Mace is somebody who does have mastery of his emotions. And I and I think he's like, there's nothing I can do. I made that choice. Right. You know, there, there's no point in wrestling about whether or not it was the correct choice that Jango Fett is a, it was a threat, uh, he's gone, and now I have to deal with this new thing, so let's just get on with it and, and deal with it, which could it could be argued, like, great, that's what the Jedi are trying to train themselves to do, you know, take themselves out of the equation and
6: deal with the problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, well well said. Uh, Mace is, uh, I have some Mace thoughts a little bit later on too. So Excellent. More on Excellent. That Well,
5: let's get into, we, not that we haven't got into the big thoughts, but let's get into the big thoughts. Um, can I pitch to you, Ken, what I have kind of felt like the the big main idea was? Yes, please. I really thought that it boiled down to revenge versus justice, which one is honorable? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of different shades to that, but the way the whole arc really bounced out that the beginning is a lot about vengeance, very clear statements about the cycle of violence. But then that word justice kept coming up again and again. And in particular, even that second uh, episode, uh, our trustworthy narrator Mm -hmm. in the great newsreel frames Boba with the words, a young vigilante who takes the law into his own hands. Right. And if you take that narrator as a sort of a a neutral voice who is catching us, the audience, up on the story, that's really important that the narrator Invites us to go. Okay, is we're not calling him a confused murderer bent on violence.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: We're calling him a young vigilante who takes the law into his own hands, which op- invites the question of is Mace deserving of justice? You know, right? Um, so it even frames Boba. Even though I think a lot of the rest of the episodes are, are very clear on Boba is is trapped in this. Yeah, uh, in this cycle of violence, he's he's clearly has instincts to have honor, to be focused only on killing Mace, not hurting anybody else. Being you know emotionally abused uh, by Aura saying so, I, I'm not saying that. Oh, maybe Boba's right. I'm just saying that the the episodes uh, in mm-hmm. choosing to use those words in, invite those questions to really compare. Yeah, uh, what is revenge and what is justice? Because we're dealing with. Two groups that, you know, the Jedi and the in the bounty hunters who, in theory, have codes definitely in their line of work, kill people. And how how do you deal with the, the fallout of death? You know, is it revenge? Is it justice? Which is honorable.
6: This is great. Yeah. Um- Sometimes, you know, the way you and I compile our notes on our own, this is almost like a poker game that neither one of us win or are trying to win. We're trying to put on a good game and we reveal our cards. And sometimes it's so funny. I think we put down the, the same suite or, or uh, sometimes I put a random uno card or an old like desert storm tops trading card. And this weird, but, um, Here's I, the shoe from Monopoly. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I'll put down. And we're not playing Monopoly. I got a Jack. Um, so I, I wrote down, I said, what guides your heart? Revenge." Mm-hmm. Justice, peace, determination, helping others, honor, and then this idea of honor among thieves and Jedi. Great Hondo stuff in this episode we'll, we'll talk about level, uh, later. And I think I have, I have a lot of other things that like popped up, but that was kind of the last one I, I, I wrote because, yes, yeah, especially Plo, Plo Kuhn saying, we are justice. <laughs> this is a great moment. But, yeah, that comes up a lot and and, and uh, getting revenge or getting justice and and, and where is that line?
5: yeah yeah absolutely um i I totally agree with that what
6: guides you there you know what what which one's guiding you
5: yeah yeah absolutely i one of the lines that i felt really centered this thought too is just right away at the beginning in that first episode uh when the clone cadet trainer whose name is sergeant crasher yes (laughs) on the ship that crashes uh says To the clone cadets, you have the best training in the galaxy, but no one can train you for the moment you look death in the eyes. What you do then in the soldier you become, that is up to you. And I think it has that great double meaning of you're clone cadets and you've been practicing in our video game levels on Kamino. But when it's actual violence, you know, how are you going to respond? But for Boba, you know, he's saying that, you know, he's looking at Boba when he says that. And we, the audience, get to know that from Boba's perspective, that is more. How do you respond to death? How do you respond to violence? Do you, you know, propagate more of it?
6: Well, I love that you brought in that stuff. That's so great. I, I had a smaller note about Crasher. The ep- the episodes, the three episodes start with him saying there's there's no guarantees in war, which we all could then equate to life. And Boba feels his revenge is guaranteed, right? It's this thing he, he's got to get. And, and he has to constantly deal with not getting it all through these episodes to the very end. Uh, and Aura says at one point to him, well, that will have to wait grow up you'll get your revenge in time and it's like there's no guarantee. and 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 how you how do you deal with that stuff uh and then the choices it's 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 a choice thing so hey crasher's got some lessons absolutely absolutely
5: and and i love the kind of just clear direct line that aura Singh plays of she's just like a bad a very very bad no good parental figure right that maybe maybe indulging his vengeance is a is a way to harden him up and you know Mm -hmm. train him up so he's a he's a good partner uh in her bounty hunting world and I love that she's willing to just be like, hey let's walk away from it all. Oh, good point. Dooku would pay for Mace Windu's body. So now I'm in. You know, yeah. in that it it just classic Clone Wars themes, classic uh dark side is not just a scary Sith. It's you know yeah anything that motivates you towards uh great greed and selfishness. And I, I like how Aura Sings answers the question of what is honorable by basically just not me. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
6: what you're talking about yeah yeah
5: yeah Yeah. um a couple other great moments to me where they those those, you know exact lines are used of uh, of justice and revenge Uh, you know anakin agitates uh that that may should go after the boy for justice so you got anakin's perspective of like well you know yeah he was trying to kill you but he took down this whole ship and he killed a bunch of people and you know it, it, it draws this line between anakin and boba where like they can't let things go and anakin's pitching it as justice but you know it's coming from that place of like i can't just walk away from that you know somebody's got to answer for that um
6: yeah. yeah
5: in mace responds that he wants to break the cycle and doesn't want revenge uh mm. like the child does so they're really bringing the revenge and justice together um and then in that uh, you know that idea that boba sees killing mace's justice is obviously Boba is, is making choices where other people are, are dying. He doesn't want to kill the clone cadets. He is, doesn't want to kill commander ponds. You know, he he clearly does have some morality and in some honor. Uh, but it it does to me invite this question of like, if Boba truly felt that the killing of my father was not just who could he bring it up to, you know, Mm. that, you know, maybe he could bring it up to the Republic and a, and a Jedi could stand trial. Obviously, we saw that with Ahsoka. We know that they actually can. But right. I think Boba probably feels like, yeah, no, nobody is going yeah. to gonna listen to me, you know? yeah. So that's, that's an interesting point to me with this, that you can see how Boba would be twisted, manipulated, tempted, whatever your uh, judgmental word is <laughs> that yeah. makes sense for your interpretation. You can see how he would come to see it as justice if he just got mace and nobody else
6: yeah and that, and that comes up time and time again i love there's one of the uh, cadets uh, i forget which one there uh the kind of the lead of the cadets in that in that escape pod of saying regarding boba if he is like us he'll realize he's wrong so these um you know, but to realize that, again, it's a choice. It's a choice, a choice. And there, and, and I, this isn't uh, my thoughts. I, you know, we always check out some of the uh, supplemental information. Kristen Baver uh, did those. Uh, she's one who wrote the things a couple of years ago on the big rewatch that so we always read them. And she just got a great point. I wanted to re- read about Mace. You talk about Mace and choices. And you brought up the Anakin stuff, Joseph. Just Mace does not give in to hate. Um, it does not give in to Boba's anger. And she points out Mace also doesn't make Boba see things his way. He sees Bo- Boba for what he is—a child lost and angry—and that's how kind of how Mace is dealing with all this. And so I, I maybe think about, it, especially when you brought up Anakin, going, you know, look what he did—he brought down the eh, eh, justice. That's my child. Come on, revenge. And and, uh, and I love what's driving Boba and what's driving Anakin is so much different than, than Mace as, as it should be as a seasoned Jedi. Yeah,
5: and and, and there it, it's it's a very interesting structure right where this is a three episode arc about Boba Fett trying to get revenge on Mace Windu Ooh, so juicy and then what happens in the third episode is Mace refuses to engage like yeah I'm not I'm just not going to play that game it's just a cycle of pointless violence he's he's a child he you know needs to be you know captured but uh, I'm not running after him when other people are threatened in his name Mace is then willing to go and I think that's so great because it's that's Mace taking responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. That to me is a, a kind of a justice yeah. for the Jedi, justice for Mace. Uh, way of like, if it's about me, you know, needing to get this kid back for trying to kill me, I'm not going. But if he's threatening other people in my name, then and it's about other people, then I'll you know take responsibility for my actions and go. You yeah. know, so I like that idea that it could have been Mace, and then I just love the twist that you know, no, they're too injured, so it's a uh, it's Po-kun and Ahsoka who are. <laughs> finishing this arc um mm-hmm. and and Plo Koon finished it so well I love that line of we are justice so good uh delivered well this is a Plo Koon shining uh arc mm-hmm. uh but Plo Koon really to me backs that up of he's really trying to teach Ahsoka to not run after everything focus mm-hmm. on the mission of Helping people, saving people, be quiet, listen. And then you, in Plo Koon's actions himself, he doesn't kill anybody. He is really trying to bring people to justice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we even see, I think, uh, kind of at the end there of Ahsoka is listening to Plo Koon for a lot of it. But at the end, she accomplishes her mission. She, you know, rescues mm-hmm. um, the hostages, but she literally can't let it go. <laughs> and right. she's jumping up to still try to take down Orrith Singh because she wants to. Monster.
6: Yeah, I think one of the yeah, one of the big themes for me is uh, you, you've been touching upon it here is how our mentors guide us. It's it's a, really a large part of the, that Star Wars perspective too, and uh, the influence of Aura and when she leaves him. I think some great little moment where he just that quiet little moment of Boba, just like she she left me. She oh left.
5: yeah, it's so heartbreaking, and, yeah. and I, uh, it's and it's so relatable. Like, again, to go like, yeah, I know you know for for people who grew up with the uh, original trilogy and some of the you know, Bounty Hunter books I read from legends, you know, Mm -hmm. Boba Fett was a merciless badass, you know, but this is really humanizing him. He's, you know, a child who's experienced trauma. And I love that moment where he says, why should I help anybody? I've got no one, you know, Uh, you know, it's relatable, it's understandable. And then, you know, Hondo, you know, being the surprising uh, figure of, Uh, I guess surprising in in that we didn't know about his relationship with with uh, Django. you know this is one of the more honorable moments we've seen from Hondo and it is delivered I think with absolute like care and kindness but it's also mixed with Hondo knowing like I'm not I get no benefit out of a Jedi fight so I'm not bringing this to my doorstep (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm gonna help him out you know smart that moment where he just, you know, kind of says it is the honorable thing to do. It's what your father would have wanted uh, of mm. of Boba helping the hostages be saved.
6: Mm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Again, how you mentor got? guy. Uh, uh, there's an uh, Anakin. Has, uh, he, he talks uh, with Macy about wanting to instruct and inspire, um, <laughs> which um, which is good. Those are good things. But I, I often wonder what what teacher, what good teacher goes out. To inspire, I don't know. It's kind of like sometimes the hero doesn't want to go be the hero. The hero is just on their journey. They become a hero. I don't know. It was in, it's just a little tiny, tiny, tiny Anakin thing. As you got all these teachers, including Hondo, like you said, Plo Koon. Everything and Plo Koon just got saying to Ahsoka, "Yeah, so you're a uh, you're Jedi Master." Uh, rela- Anakin does some things. <laughs> <He> does some <laughs> yeah. Things. I, I thought that
5: this was, I love it to bring it up. It was one of the other big ideas that I, I thought one of the other cards I'll play is that uh, a big idea of this is kind of Anakin and Mace's uh, shadow, right? Like yeah. this could have been Kenobi, uh, you know, this could have been Kit Fisto on the ship with Mace, but it's Anakin specifically uh, because it's playing with that relationship. You know, in general, we know that Mace, Mace is harsh and judgmental uh, toward Anakin. Uh, and Anakin, you know, you know, pushes back in that kind of little mm-hmm. funny scene of like, it, it is our job to instruct and inspire And Mace says you just wanted to show off. <laughs> and uh, Anakin says, hey, when I show off, it is instructive and inspiring. It's right. funny, but it also kind of does speak to like Mace's concern about like you center yourself, you're cocky, you're not mm-hmm. being this selfless Jedi, You you're in it for ego and adventure. Uh, yeah. so might we get to see Mace being real harsh and judgmental, but then what actually happens in the episodes is that everything that happens is you know, Mace's shadow Mace's legacy is a uh, traumatized child who wants to kill him, yeah, and yeah. then Anakin's legacy is his great compassion and trust for R2, who saves them both, which Mace doubts, and then in the next episode Ahsoka, who uh, has maybe learned some bad habits from Anakin uh, but it's capable of overcoming them, you know? Yeah. So we get we get this great episode where Mace is kind of looking down on Anakin, uh, but all of the other characters connected to Anakin and Anakin's compassion are the ones who actually do the good work that resolves the problems.
6: Yeah, I like that. Okay. I love that about Mace. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, great. Yeah. And the, the Anakin thing is, it's, yeah, it, it's I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to get too to real world, my own life. But sometimes it's just like, why are you po- post inspirational quotes that just get, take care of your own house and just I'll watch you and learn from that, not what you're not what you're posting. <laughs> and Anakin it's kind of like, yeah, look, look how great I am, man. Is that inspirational? Uh, and I love that. I mean, clearly, I love Anakin's story. set up top, I love the fall of Anakin and turn into Vader. It's so intriguing to me, and I want more content, and I want um, so it. Um anyways, yeah, you got me thinking.
5: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff, Anakin stuff in here. Uh, like I said, I think sometimes we, we learn even more about Anakin when he is not the main character, when he's his actions and his attitude are just spiraling out. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, big picture ideas before we move on to uh, how they affect larger Star Wars?
6: Oh, no, go ahead. Next round of cards.
5: Yeah. So the next round of cards, we love talking about how the the specific themes or ideas of an episode or an arc reflect the larger story or perspective of star Wars. So what did you have there?
6: I'll tell you what, I, I, I of, of, of all the things I, I boiled it down to this one quote and I'm tying it, all of it, you revenge and, and, and justice and and all these kind of things. And again, what, what guides you? I said, what guides your heart to myself and, and, and ask that question. Um, there's a moment where they feel that Mace is dead or they at least they're really hoping Mace is dead. And, <laughs> and Oristing says says this line, uh, Mace is dead. Are you happy now? In that moment, they don't know any other information other than that's probably true. And to me, that's a big question. And it's one of those things that George is kind of always asking in that famous George speech and unlimited power and the greed and the thirst for more. And how are you, are you ever going to be happy? And there's a lot in this episode of Boba, uh, uh, Boba you, you can make a fun, uh, you know, Princess Bride reference of, uh, you know, now that you killed the six finger man, you know, what are you going to do with your life? Like, I don't know. You know, I never thought like what, what happens when you get to the end of that revenge trail. Who are you and, and what was that for? Are you happy now? That's a big question from R. Singh, And we know there's so much more plot in these episodes to go on. But in that moment, if Mace was dead, would that have quenched the thirst in Boba's heart? And I don't think so. Uh, I think he would have been empty.
5: I love that you really grabbed that line because I think, yeah, that that is the big picture story of uh, of revenge of the dark side in uh, Star Wars. And it, I love that it is coming from Aura Singh, who I don't think is meaning it with any sort of uh, philosophical weight. I, she's no. saying it like, you know, she had to go on a side trip. She's like, you told me you were hungry and I gave you some Lunchables. Are you happy now? Like, that's the way it's coming off from Aura Sing. Like, just crappiest parent yeah. ever but we the audience get to receive it as kind of this automatic answer of like no of course not we we know that wouldn't satisfy him you know
6: yeah yeah
5: uh, revenge doesn't satisfy maybe justice would maybe if he got to maybe. put it up in front of you know a court and say here's here's the conflict that was going on here's the choice that mace made you know would justice have you know fulfilled him more uh, but i think that there is that big picture of uh that this cycle of of violence, the cycle of loss, right? Um, that that is a, a real uh, consistent theme in Star Wars. I think in this particular episode, uh, I think it's really powerful that it's it's the button of the episode mm. of, of Boba saying, "I see now, I've done terrible things, but you started it when you murdered my father. I'll never forgive you." And right. Mace just says, "Well, you're going to have to." You know, yeah. It really is about this argument, really that that we get to see the Sith make a lot of, well, no, vengeance is natural, you know. Well, Anakin, Dooku, cut your arm off. It's perfectly natural that you would want to cut his head off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that the the forces of darkness are always encouraging ever-increasing uh, violence. And, the, you know, the victories are when somebody can stop the cycle often, like Luke throwing down his saber. And I thought that that was a great sort of a mini version of that
6: i uh, love it love that i love i love when all things tie back to luke thrown down that landscape. i really do I really
5: well another thing that i think ties back to it is just generational trauma right i mean that's yeah. such a big the the idea of what happens when you when you lose parents uh, you know uh do you find new mentors can you get through it right i mean that's anakin that's luke it's Jin. it's han it's leia it's ray you know it's uh, kylo the trauma of <laughs> i can't live up to my parents you know uh there's right. There's so much generational trauma stuff in Star Wars. And, and, you know, just to repeat the thing I said earlier, I really like this arc because I think it uh, continues this great discussion in Star Wars that that no one is just born evil. You know, we've never seen what broke Palpatine, but I, as a fan, choose to believe something broke him, you know? Totally. Uh, and, and, the, and this is a story where we got to see well, if, if Boba Fett is violent, if his code of honor involves lots of, you know, murder. Uh, you know, that happened for a reason.
6: Yeah, I, I want the uh, Once Upon a Time in Coruscant, the Sheep Palpatine story, to really get, <laughs> give us that answer.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Uh, yes, uh, some bad days on Naboo. Mm. Um, the the final thing for me is, I often like to pay attention to just kind of what the state of the war is, how that story is told in the Clone Wars, and last several episodes of the second season here have uh, really emphasized that uh, they are gain ground, they lose ground that the Separatists, that the Sith, really have them trapped in not being able to move forward with the war. Mm. And the only little bit in here, I really loved when R2 just burst into uh, the meeting room, and Plo Koon is talking about reinforcing the Hydean way against Grievous' forces. And it was like R2 just ran into a, like a different four episode Clone Wars arc you know yeah yeah (laughs) just interrupted you know this other uh, this other adventure that's happening but it it reminds us that the war is always going on in the background Mm -hmm. and they're still messing around with trying
6: to protect the Hydean way yeah yeah yeah. which is what a great Legends reference that uh, we can all get excited about yeah I love that I love more of that scene of course but yeah I love that yeah
5: and I'm pretty sure there was in episode one the Hydean episode one season one there's some Hydean arc stuff so it is another moment where like hey remember that battle we already had we're still having it still going still going. Any other thoughts before we take a quick break?
6: Uh, I did stuff with Ahsoka. There's some great Ahsoka stuff here. And I'll say some of the uh, some of the beats might repeat a little bit, especially because the way the Clone Wars obviously is obviously put together, we're doing the chronological rewatch. I think there's some great stuff in the Terra of Sanube stuff that um, are, flow into this nicely, is what I'll say. Uh, and so I love that she's guided to use her senses. Subtlety is, is the big phrase, the catchword here. Uh, um, uh, but I love she's got to use her senses and her patience. And her knowledge for defense, and it's building on these big previous lessons for her, which are really for all of us as we follow her story log. So I, I, I definitely think that reflects a larger Star Wars perspective.
5: Absolutely. And, and I love that Plo Koon, and, and it would appear almost all the Jedi know of like, yeah, Anakin is passing on all of these great uh, skills to Ahsoka, but he's also really passing on, you know, Russian lightsaber swinging. <laughs> we all need to keep an eye on that. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, great stuff so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about some of our favorite action moments comedy moments uh big canon connections and all that great stuff in just finish our discussion of this great arc of Boba Fett's revenge or is it justice or is it honor who knows let's find out together Ken did you have some favorite action moments
6: I did let me scroll to the right part of my notes oh okay <laughs> uh, I was just kind of I put the episode numbers and and, and um, go from there um I put it as action moment, but it, it continues. My star Wars really challenges me with one of my fears of being sucked up into space. Uh, a lot of that. Uh, and, 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 the first episode, of the ship's engines blow. It's just a fantastic explosion. Explosions are important in star Wars. Maybe <laughs> not to the great moral uh, tales, but they're part of, of what makes us go. Woo. Um, and that whole sequence when the ship explodes and the, and, and, and that hallway and, and the troops being sucked out with a, a Wilhelm scream and all those kind of things. I, I really uh, love that, and in, in, in the sense that I was terrified of that moment there. <laughs> yeah, no, and I
5: love them really. You know, using the force to try to try to save as many people as possible, keep them from being sucked up to space. That was great. Uh, yeah, the first episode, I really liked that Boba had taken out the uh, space skeets. Um, oh that, yeah. yeah, just the 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 storytelling of it of. Just that little reinforcement of the clones are being trained really well, the clone cadets. Uh, but they're not; they don't have real world experience yet, and Boba does. Mm-hmm. And that the way that action reinforced that. But the way it was cut too, of just like those close ups of his angry little face, and just boom, 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 everything exploding. I really like that.
6: There's a great cutaway. Two cutaway. There's one of the. They push in on that clone who's like, what. <laughs> Gives one of those looks. And then and then uh the droid and it's R2, right? I think it's I think I think it's R2. I have to go back. I didn't make that note. But the the astromech there is like shaking his head like, whoa, whoa. It's just <laughs> it's just gonna add it to the sequence.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh the the clone cadet security is not tight. Uh mm. and Boba makes the most of it uh by taking out those skeets and everything else he does. Uh what are some other action moments for you?
6: Uh yeah, a little uh um actually oh one nope that's a comedy moment um the uh, i'm jumping to the second episode here there's a lot going on a lot of it, it look we could talk about r2 all day and and let's so i'll say this uh, you know uh, r2 a pretty darn good pilot let's give him some credit there i it's always nice to hear slave ones blasters i guess for me oh, i yeah, every sound from that ship is great um but then i i put this note wait did r2 just whip a gundark into a ship <laughs> he did He did and it's um they set up those uh, those those uh, those are like monsters, right? And 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 I kind of was like, oh, that's right, I forgot. And I, I for some reason in my head I thought this was going to be kind of a big a big part of the episode. And I'd say it's 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 a it's a small big part of the episode. So when when one is crushed and then R two just kind of whips one into the side of the ship, I was like, ah, oh, well, all right, wraps up that story. Good job, R two.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think it is this running tension. So many of these uh these mm-hmm. these three episodes have great action moments as we are talking about, but a lot of it is that just, like, are the Gundarks going to get R2, um, which I really like. Um, I think in that second episode, for me, you know, the fact that R2 kind of uh, home-alones the bounty hunters <laughs> who are trying to get up there, um, and at one point, it, with the captions on, is R2 is picking up a bunch of boxes to throw down uh, the mm-hmm. shaft at the bounty hunters. Uh, the caption is, humming happily, gonna drop some boxes on these bounty hunters it's great just a mood uh, for r2
6: that's a great pull to the home alone uh the the, what was it Wet bandit (laughs) i saw it movie in theater it's the last time i saw it uh and i do like it um that's great that's a great pull uh
5: yeah and then uh, for me moving on to that uh final episode uh i debated whether this was great action or great comedy it's probably both but the uh the Quackian monkey lizard punch and fight. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we see them, you know, be little tricksters and uh, uh, mess with people. The fact that they're just having, it it, it looks like a little Quackian monkey lizard fight club is yes. <laughs> hilarious. And yeah. Good action.
6: Yeah, we we have Force Center to not endorse illegal Kowaki Monkey Lizard fighting rings, but mm, uh not were, honorable. We think they're uh, also entertaining at times, yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> uh and then that that whole exchange, that fast, fun action between um mostly uh Plkoon or Singh Ahsoka uh is yeah. great. Uh, Pokun's moves are, are great, the way he uses the force very, very defensively, uh very fast, very powerfully. But, you know, I'm a James Bond fan, so the fact that uh, Oris Singh has these uh, Rosa Klebb flying daggers, I mean, it's the famous yeah. uh, poison knife uh, from the boot, um, you know, mm. which uh, Bond escapes in the film. He does not escape in the book version of From Rush With Love. Uh, so I just I really like that detail. It's a great you know, moment uh, of just uh, different things influencing. I don't know if that was a direct Rosa Club influence. I haven't uh, read that in any of the (laughs) behind the scenes, but to me it was of like, yeah, these bounty hunters are absolutely loaded. Every bit of their clothing has something and it's just a, a fun genre thing that she has these little daggers in her boots.
6: Yeah, that whole that whole kind of sequence. Uh, I'm calling it the "We Are Justice" standoff. Uh, it, it, it's really good, and it's very high level Western themes as well. Love that you brought in the Bond theme as well. But you all know, Indiana Jones and Club Obi Wan. There's just uh, in glorious bastards. Anyone sitting at a table with tension. And <laughs> <Endo's laughs> yes. season two, any table tension it's a good sequence, and I love it.
5: <laughs> we are table tension. <laughs> uh, other action moments for you.
6: Uh, Ahsoka on Slave One's cockpit window. I, you know, Ahsoka is pretty good at this. She balanced, it's good balance, good balance, kid. Um, <laughs> even in the Clone Wars movie, she's balancing on the, the AT, uh, TE, uh, cockpits there. Uh, she's really good. And it just, just, I love, Ahsoka's so great. I just always love the character. She's so brash. And, you know, I love Aura Sig too, from a certain point of view, but just, uh, the blasting through the windshield and just, Ahsoka's got kind of this energy of like, yeah, I'm going to get you. You ain't going to get me. Don't worry about it
5: yeah yeah like yeah you are not getting away and the fact that you know she does she does take down uh slave one for a little while and or sing for for a short time until we're gonna see mm-hmm. them uh come together again yeah uh all right let's move on then to moments of comedy whimsy weirdness uh what do you got here
6: i start well i love uh in uh, the first episode, admiral uh killian uh lo- love the voice great voice there i i love uh when he uh When he looks, when he's given the big spiel and everything, and then, you know, ah, you you cadets, you didn't get it. And he just, he says to Boba, I know that look. That's, I did more Zev than Scottish, I know. Um, (laughs) I just love that. I love that from just, we all, we all have given that look. We've all seen that look. Uh, You know, I've been in many briefing rooms staring out of employees just going, yeah, I know you don't like me. I know you don't like me. And I love this. I I thought it was great. Yeah,
5: I I thought Killian in general was a really fun character where, you know, there's a lot of this in the Clone Wars that we've talked about where, you know, uh, not as many, you know, subtitled alien languages and more alien languages talking in various, you know, uh, known accents. Yeah. But Killian... Almost felt more like Scotty from Star Trek. Of like, that, that's not a Scottish accent. He's he's space Scottish somehow. You know, space Scottish. Yes. <laughs> that the quote in particular: "Endurance is a fat and easy target. I won't have it." Yeah, uh, <laughs> like that was almost straight up Scotty.
6: Love it! And shout out to Julian Holloway, the British actor who gave him that voice. Uh, great stuff.
5: Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, other comedy moments for you?
6: Um, I uh, love. Uh, um, Comedy whimsy weirdness I, I just, I gotta say, I just When Aura Singh is revealed And you, you, you know you know it's coming but her In the silhouette, the smoke and Bosk there it is, That's just a great Star Wars shot It's poster worthy You know, I don't want to go around uh, You know, being inspired by all the bad characters In the galaxy there, but as yeah, Star Wars fans You know, every once in a while you're like, ah, that's cool I just thought it was a really good shot And also it's weird for me just in that It's like, is Aura just aware Of the moment she aura knows her aura <laughs> like hi yeah um i don't want to dr- say it's directly to like uh like um, uh, uh you know anything other superhero character or something but it's, it's like she's gonna say hi 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 pudding. it's like she, it's just it's a really uh, good moment i liked it. it's a be worthy moment for me
5: she knows she has presence you know and she knows that is a, a part of her aura yeah, yeah. Uh, to be you know intimidating on on many different levels uh, and i think yeah. yeah that's that's a great moment yeah um, I love a lot of the crowd reactions in Clone Wars. Uh, when the clones are about to train with Mason and Anakin and then they can't. <laughs> and, well, they're going to and at first they're like, no way and one out <laughs> one says, oh my God. <laughs> so for anyone who is concerned uh, about uh, Godspeed rebels yeah. a clone cadet straight up says oh my god at seeing Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and Mace Windu <laughs> and then at one point one of them says Anakin Skywalker I heard he's the strongest Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love that. love that one. Um uh Castus, it was who's great to revisit cast us and yes. see that he because i scroll past him in the databank particularly when we we're doing uh, our old show databank brawl uh when we could record in person yeah. um and sometimes like okay what when is he with the group what's the deal and i i forget that his his role is to really be the bounty hunter who's dragging their feet and i i like that one just kind of sad sack line where he says i'm just saying i didn't know there'd be all this climbing involved
6: <laughs> there's uh, so I, yeah, the moment I, I, I mislabeled an action, but it's kind of an action. Is when Aura, it's when Aura—it's like she first points a blaster at him and casts. This, there, there's a sigh that's almost like, just damn it, like God, I knew this was gonna go bad. What? <laughs> I, yeah, Aura's saying, "I guess yeah, she does this." God, it just—it was a fun reaction. Maybe I'm reading into it. I just—I thought it was really funny. No, I think it's
5: great, and I think it it, it uh, really reinforces, you know, Aura as just this agent of not only fear but chaos, you know, and even right. down to the way that she's described in Solo. That's not a random bounty hunter discussion. That was like Glenn, yeah, yeah. I was like, you did the galaxy a favor when you, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you pushed uh, Aura Singh. Um, mm. Yeah, I think uh, for me, a couple others, uh, you know, I love the whole idea of uh, uh, Ahsoka and Plo Koon you know, going bar to bar, it is very much like the Terra Sinube of this older, wiser Jedi. Plo Koon obviously has a, uh, uh, you know, connection to little Soka, as he says, uh, and taking her to this underworld. Um, and I like the, the uh, moment where soka's is trying to do what Plo Koon instructed, and it's listening to all of these, you know, very... Uh, mundane uh conversations and i love it when the drunken corn's like oh, i'm gonna ask her out <laughs> yeah. it's like if you if you told me would you, would you want a little bit of simpsons style yeah.
6: humor in, in your star wars it'd be like meh but then then it comes and i like it yeah no there's a lot of that little thing uh little stuff going on in that episode um jumping to to the third episode i, I got some stuff in the second one too but just uh uh, I, I, I think that I think that may slide is, is funny. Is there something else I should be doing, Skywalker? It's, it's oh it's, yeah. funny. it's funny in its own way. Oh, he's, not,
5: he's totally baiting him. Of like, do you, yeah. do you do you want to tell me revenge is good, Anakin? Yeah, is that is that, is that what we're doing here?
6: Yeah, it's got it. There's some uh, swagger to that uh, I'm not so sure. I, I really wanted to see the d- uh, dead uh, clone. Uh, what's his name? Ponds jettisoned into the space. <laughs> oh
5: yeah, yeah, that's pretty brutal.
6: It was. Uh, I get it. it uh, hey, logistically, we don't know. What, here's what they did with him, but. Oh, again, Ken has some fears. Um, uh, I love uh, I love Hondo. There's a lot to talk about. I think with Hondo overall. Um, I, I love the reveal of him and R saying. Uh, I, I think it was great. I think it was ha- headed well. It's funny, but he's it's it's such it's it's a Hondo line, but it's not a Star Wars line to me. And I but it still works for me. Just <laughs> he looks at a Boba says, "Not mine. I take it." <laughs> what? Yeah, I love that. It is.
5: It is such a an adult line for clone wars and and clone wars i don't think is for kids i think it's for all ages yeah yeah (laughs) and it deals with some difficult things and there's some violence and there's definitely some sexuality and uh and that one is a is a funny line especially when like okay um i i have no judgment or you know concern really but how do genetics work in star wars (laughs) (laughs) it's just
6: between aura and hondo you know yeah yeah, I love that. I love that. Look, yeah, Aura. Uh, I, I come to Star Wars from perspective of a, of a straight middle aged male. I would have tried to date Aura in my twenty. She would have broken my heart with glee in her own heart. And uh, so I, the whole sequence with with them is really. I, I I just really thought it was funny and add some stuff to their story. Um, in that's in yes. that. In, yeah, uh, yeah. Can
5: I ask you a question about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you have approached uh, somebody like Aura Singh and said, you know, th- this will all calm down when we're together?
6: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always go. Uh, my my romantic aesthetic in my twenties uh, into my early thirties was uh, I always go to the movie Magnolia, and John C. Riley plays the um, kind of good natured, uh, bumbling police officer that loses his gun and falls for the cocaine um, addict recovering, uh, heart of, trying to have a heart of gold but doesn't want to. Malora Walters character. That was most of it where no judgment on each person, but just like maybe this doesn't work or maybe this is destructive and maybe we're not ready for it. I would have been all about Aura Singh from afar. We would have I would have maybe gotten an audience with her. Maybe she would have taken interest. She would absolutely destroy my heart and it would have been all on my end.
5: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Star Wars can invoke many real life memories, can it?
6: Yeah. Well, that's why. Uh, yeah. So that's why I love when Honda's like, yeah, you know, and he's talking, kind of talking about, you know, in criminal organizations. I think it's not so much dating, but there could be some double meaning. to just him, just like to cast as like, yeah, you're not the first guy to kind of collapse under her leadership. Yeah, I, I
5: do just like the, the portrait of the character that not only is she violent uh, and, you know, cruel as we sh- see she yeah. is to Boba, but this idea that she's sort of like, there's no fight that she won't take. Like, given the option, she always takes the most uh, aggressive and yeah. violent option. You know, and even somebody like Hondo, which we've seen, like, Hondo's going to be real violent, but in that, you know, Bounty Hunter episode where they're uh, protecting, where the Jedi and the Bounty Hunters are protecting the farm, you know, there's... Hondo's got that moment where we're like, this is no longer profitable. <laughs> you know, he's a guy who cuts his losses, as we yeah. see in this episode. So you can see yeah. that he would almost be like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I like excitement. I like adventure. I like danger. Whoa, no, no, this is too much. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. I was <laughs> uh, sorry, that you know, bartender in that third episode, right before the whole uh, mess happens with the the table of tension. Hey, no one is shooting up my place today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
5: yeah that bartender is great uh i think for me that last moment of uh comedy whimsy is ahsoka's line of this is the fifth scum bucket drinking hole we've been to (laughs) (laughs) very much like anakin and Mm -hmm. and a little bit of kenobi very very judgmental yeah yeah. and you know for ourselves as we record this in this pandemic uh, i I would love to be going to a fifth scum bucket drinking hole right now yeah yeah
6: (laughs) yeah Um, final comedy moments for me but it's all R2 r 2 uh, you, you talk about the home alone stuff I just he, well, there's one point where I'd be curious about the the subtitles Um, throw, throws down the metal it misses and he basically beats beeps damn it um uh, st- and when he stumbles into that temple to, uh, and into the briefing room you mentioned the Koon and talk about Heidi and Wade that when he just like oh god, god I made it <laughs> help 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 help, help. Uh, And fights with the asteroidroid I really love that. Uh, And I also love Plo Koon just going, uh, we must go to the lower levels, the underworld. (laughs) (laughs) He
5: really underlines underworld, and it's great. It's great. Uh, Let's get to some of the canon lore connections to other stories. Um, So here's a good time to talk about that big picture thing we talked about at the top is how this Boba Fett, this young, struggling Boba Fett tracks with the one that we meet in the mandalorian Mm -hmm. season two yeah talk me through your your thoughts or feelings there
6: well yeah because it um it's because it really does it clicks in for me with hondo we start to see a little bit more of hondo and i think that sets up for foundations for a little bit more of a likable character but a meaningful character with with hondo later on and i think that flows into him introducing the concept of Of honor from that point of view i I don't think boba fett's ready to hear about honor from jedi Mm -hmm. public but to hear it from hondo who knew his father it's it's almost a a, a sweet i'll say it's a sweet sweeter moment and 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 a a real raw moment and i think personally boba fett is is you know a ways away from all that sinking in because he also goes on to do some pretty bad things Mm -hmm. comics books and, and movies um, but this does—I I wrote this down. It does line up with some of the old Man Fett content. It's like he's learned it, he's seen it. He's, he, his father was disparaged far too long. His father was murdered in his eyes. And there's some family honor, and 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 then he shows honor to 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 Din and Grogu. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very clear. We talked about it. Talked about it. That's why, even though I'm you know Boba Fett and Rush, not always my favorites, I'm very intrigued about Book of Boba Fett for like who is. Who is that book about? Who is that guy? Yeah. I, I do think it ties directly to this stuff.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for me, the the threads that I really liked is he is crystal clear. He's not a clone and it is a point of contention, right? right, right. Um, we get to see that he's maybe affected by being around the clone cadets. You know, he, he really doesn't want to uh, kill them. Uh, but he pushes back pretty hard, right? Of you mm-hmm. know, the that older clone that he gets the blaster on, uh, C T fourteen seventy seven says, We're brothers, and Boviset says, You're not my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that tracks directly to the that conflict, uh, you know, uh with Bo Kataners, like, I've heard your voice a thousand times, you're just another clone. Like, no, no, I am not, you know, and you know, yeah. the, the debate of is his father his father or you know, his his DNA donor. Um in this this episode is very clear, just as Attack of the Clones is about like no he's he is my father. This is not just like I'm you know the second generation copy of him. You know it's yeah. this is a real and true relationship, and the biggest thing is absolutely that idea of honor, because um, mm-hmm. it ties really well to what we do learn about Django at least from Boba's perspective that that Django was a Mandalorian from his perspective that he was taken in and that he earned that armor and you know that you can definitely imagine that Django makes choices about who to line with, who, who to kill, who to save. Uh, there's a great connection between Django and Boba, both kind of maybe they're BSing, but I don't think so that they perceive themselves as we're just people trying to make our way through uh, the galaxy slash universe. Right. And, and the other great building block for me here is if, the arc that Boba has gone on is he's clearly raised to be a fighter to defend himself, uh, but clearly raised with some honor and some heart because he really struggles. He doesn't want to kill anybody but Mace. Um, mm-hmm. And he is, you know, sort of reinforced in that by Hondo basically saying, yeah, you, your dad wouldn't have wanted to just give up those, that command crew from, the endurance that's not honorable you don't you know you don't just kill people to kill people Mm -hmm. and then big butt (laughs) but the galaxy is horrific like when uh uh you know uh or sing shoots uh cast this in the face and you know hondo kind of jokes about it of like oh scrape him up this isn't great so on one hand he's hearing from hondo like soft voice let's be honorable like your father but also Anybody, anywhere, anytime is going to shoot you in the face. So a part of honor is uh, shoot first, live. Right. And I think that's a little bit what kind of what's going on with Boba is like, well, when I see opportunities for honor, make my word towards somebody who I think will keep their word back. Great. Then honor. Uh, But somebody sneaking up behind me, uh, they're probably going to shoot me in the face. So uh, I'm going to shoot them in the face first because that's the way the galaxy works, period.
6: Yeah, and, and he said, yeah, the way he was taught, the way he saw, the way he continues to see it, and up until you know, we'll see. Because you know, yeah, look, here is the Django, and this isn't this isn't fingers at, at pointing at Mace here, but Django never got any kind of redemption arc, right? I mean, he, I mean, as a character, like he never got to look in the mirror and go, "Who am I?" Uh, and look, someone offers you, someone emerges from the uh, shadows there, uh, and Bogdan, and says, uh, "Can we clone you for a lot of money? Yeah, yeah Go for it." Yeah, and I get an apartment. <laughs> Great. Um, then he takes Anderson? John. Yeah, and his son, uh, and he and he takes jobs as a bounty hunter. And I, you know, one of my favorite movies is Gross Point Blank with John Cusack, and it's like a, before he uh, takes out a target, it, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not what this is business. It's not. I don't care. It's, don't. Why doesn't anyone understand that? Django has that going on, and it, it may, maybe his honor. May, maybe maybe he got driven to that because of the likes of Prime Minister Al Maybe he got driven to that, and may, did he never got to address that, and so. Boba never got to see the end of that journey and, and, and forms his own from there.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, this is, you know, a little bit of headcanon, you know, reading off of what happens after the episode. Um, eventually, we do see uh, a, a Kenobi arc where we see Boba and Bosk uh, in yeah. in that Republic prison. But Mace kind of gives him this advice of like, you're just going to have to you know get over your vengeance you know we're not we're not yeah. doing this cycle of violence you know you'll you'll have to find a way to to live with the fact that you know that i killed your father um but there there's no follow up right it, yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of the way the Martez sisters are upset with the jedi like Holy. i feel like in the high republic <laughs> mm. a jedi when things were working better with the jedi and the republic a jedi would have said unfortunately i needed to take this uh, child's father out they they did some violence so they definitely need you know uh to be you know contained right now but they also need guidance they need help you know that you know this is a I think this is like the tragedy of Boba Fett right yeah we see that there is a good young person who doesn't want to hurt people uh you know who are not his target which is some level of honor uh but Mace is just like you have it wrong goodbye <laughs> who knows maybe maybe there's a story that, that we don't have where mace goes and, and visits yeah. him or a, a republic counselor goes and talks to him you know
6: yeah yeah but
5: that's a really interesting part of the story to me is this a part of the you know one of the many ramifications of the failure of the republic that uh this young man is is left to fester with his rage
6: mm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah i thought about my yeah. test sisters too great stuff
5: yeah. Final thing for me is just, uh, you know, I, I like this idea that this is a core part of Boba Fett now of mm-hmm. he's never, ever going to get justice for his father in his mind. He, he never got the opportunity. Mace escaped him and then Mace was killed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And like when we get those sort of great uh, shots of, of him, loot not just taking out the stormtroopers, but almost being in this rage mode, this coming mm-hmm. of rage yeah. <laughs> yeah. moments there's a part of me that just like to imagine every kill is mace
6: in his mind uh i yeah i'll I, I back your play there that's great awesome
5: all right well let's take a look at some other canon stuff then uh that, that was kind of the big, that was big thematic stuff yeah
6: um, yeah go ahead well no there's only one i have i have a, a bunch of little you probably have a bunch of the same little like really cool ones and some stuff to talk about but uh, you you talked about the the, the Republic and when the Jedi and Republic were functioning a little bit better and working together, maybe a little bit more trust and, you know, all those kind of things that we're talking about in the High Republic. But Plo Koon and that bartender have that, that exchange uh, where on one hand it's real simple, just like, oh, we have a Jedi. We haven't had likes of you down here for a while, which is telling, right? They haven't seen them. You know, we're, we're forgotten down here in the underworld for, for reasons, but we're forgotten. And when Plo says we're never too busy for the citizens of the Republic, I believe he believes that. But I can't imagine that being taken well in that bar. (laughs) So to me, that connection is just some other, just the picture of what's going on in the Republic at this time. Yeah.
5: You know, the other thing I I liked about that moment, which is extremely meta, is uh, Filoni in interviews has talked about his interview with Lucas and how Lucas said, here's how a Jedi would uh would barter. They would put their lightsaber on the table. It's a symbol of power. That's where we're starting from. And I just love that, you know, yeah. uh uh kun is clearly a Jedi that Flony loves, and that's how this conversation starts with Blo Koon saying, Here's the deal, here's who I am, here's what that means, let's have a chat.
6: Yeah, yeah, right. It's like Ahsoka, be subtle. Anyway, here's my lightsaber. <laughs> Um, also, yeah, you're right. Forgetful that like loves Plo Koon, cosplayed Adam uh, as him, right? Going into Revenge of the Sith. Do you how many times do you think Feloni looked in a mirror dressed as Plo Koon, and yelled, We are justice, and, and finally got to put in a show? <laughs> uh, that's, that's
5: some good headcanon, some real life headcanon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, one of the other specific things I wanted to talk about that's a little bit more like the hey, let's track, does this yes. all, all the one Z one one plus one equal two. Uh Django's exploding helmet. Thank you. Uh, yes. Great, great in the episode. Great visual. Great way for uh for Mace to put all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Uh great just kind of shot of Anakin going like, Hey, is that a Mandalorian helmet? <laughs> uh but then in the Mandalorian show, Boba says he's wearing his father's armor. It's mm-hmm. coded, you know, has this information about who Django was, who Boba is. Um And I I think that was a thing where fans were like, if that's supposed to be Django's armor, it can't because the helmet. How how do you
6: feel about that? Do you care? Do you have head cannon? I I, I don't uh, don't lose any sleep. But I I made the note is is that is that Django's helmet? What happened to it? Because it has the dent, right? It has Mm -hmm. it's got the dent, which we all track that dent whether Cad Bane shot it or not in the deleted scene, we'll never see blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, there's a little, uh, I have a Canon question. I, I, you know, I'll nudge Alex to get a video out here soon here explain that one Damon. Uh, cause I, I'd like to, maybe he always already has, I, I would like to know. It, it's fascinating because, but it's an easy leap if, if it's there and, and, and the helmet to have survived somehow, I could see a, 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 a little bit older Boba Fett going back there and, and, and finding it because they put it there that that's truly Django's helmet they'd made the decision um maybe aura did not boba i don't know Uh, maybe did to 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 arm it and use it as a weapon in a trap so and a a symbol quite frankly
5: Uh, yeah no that that seems like a boba choice and and since boba wants to go back to verify that mace is dead it seems obvious that he could absolutely go back and and get the remnants of the helmet and i think the fact that it is you know damaged it doesn't bother me i love how much in mandalorian show we get to see uh that it is the you know the beskar itself that is valuable and it can be reshaped remolded. you know yeah so i i don't need the armor to be that yeah i repainted it Uh, it's fine with me if it was you know remolded same same Cool.
6: Uh, I got a couple other uh, little canon things, but what do you got? Uh, I just yeah, rolling through. You, I'm pretty sure you have some of them. I love uh, uh, Boba's cadet number It's three two seven. It's a <laughs> good number to study if you're in a Star Wars trivia contest. Uh, there's a great moment in the second episode where they go to the crashed uh, uh, ship, and R two kind of expresses weird vibes, and Anakin kind of says, "Yeah, yeah," you know, you know, addresses it. It's very, I don't know, it's very Luke R two approaching Dagobah on Dagobah. Oh yeah love that little moment great call great call yeah um go ahead go yeah. ahead no, um, you please yeah no uh, I, I, we're always kind of tracking the jedi starfighters so r2 uses it to kill the gun dark. is this is this where anakin loses his jedi starfighter that version i don't know <laughs> any question to ask too i i ask you, you you track these jedi starfighters too I'm. I'm I am waiting. I can't remember if yeah, in right. the Clone
5: Wars animated series there's a transition to the models we see in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so I'm looking forward. To, I'm sure yeah. there are listeners going. I know the exact episode, or I know it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, a part of me is not is allowing myself not to Google everything and rediscover uh, some of those oh, details wait. as we watch through. So
6: we'll track it. We'll track it. A uh, couple little ones here, but I'll, I'll uh, before I kick it back to you here. Ahsoka says to Anakin. I wrote this down. I think I got the quote right here some uh, some serious burns but nothing a night in a back to tank won't heal ahsoka that is too soon for something you don't know that's gonna happen <laughs> to tell anakin oh you got some burns on you you'll be all right that's <laughs> not cool. some burns but that's not just,
5: cool. <laughs> you'll just spend every night of the rest of your life in a to mm-hmm. tank <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no that that's a great one i hadn't picked up on the uh the pain of that uh <sighs> that unintentional burn about burns from ahsoka uh, yeah, a couple things for me. Um, this isn't like, oh, wow, amazing canon Easter egg. It's the design of Clone Wars. But, you know, the beginning of that first episode of this arc, we have the Republic cruiser and we have the Jedi cruiser. And it was really affecting to see the contrast, right, where mm-hmm. the Republic cruiser has those those white heroic walls of the Tanta V4. Mm-hmm. And you get on that Jedi cruiser and it's all the Death Star lights and Star Destroyer look and True. It just just this great tension of the era was just really visceral going from one to the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, you mentioned the Wilhelm scream as some of the clones got sucked into space. That was great. Uh, Gundark's obviously uh, making another uh, return. Uh, the little capsule on the back of the clone's belt uh, just being an explosive. I, I, right. I'm sure we see that other places, but that was really, really great uh, to just uh, straight up see that. Um, I was affected by that uh, moment where Mace is looking at the helmet He's and he's reflecting on what happened in it, oh, with Django yeah. and why this is happening and Anakin going like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Obi-Wan mentioned all this in his report about Kamino and Anakin being reminded of who Boba Fett is is obviously just kind of a fun thing for like, oh. you know, when Vader calls him up. I know Vader doesn't like to focus too much on the Jedi's memories, uh, but, yeah. you know, does that ever pass through his head of like, yeah, I remember when this kid wanted to kill Mace Windu. <laughs> yep, yep. Then um, a, a big one for me is Ahsoka's reactions going to the lower levels, yeah. the underworld. underworld. Um, that we've definitely seen her in lower levels of Coruscant, yeah. but that specific image of a ship falling down this deep, deep, deep dark circle is definitely, uh, you know, uh, a, mm-hmm. a similar image to the, the beginning of her arc in Clone Wars season seven. So I thought that was interesting to note. Like, oh, Filoni directed this episode. This is the First time she's really seeing it for what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was great.
6: Yeah, a lot of little stuff, and again because the way Clone Wars is presented and the order and everything, and he, sometimes they go back. Uh, little moments, some, repeating in a way, or just adding. I, I, I choose to say add, but uh, also there was a little uh, moment where Plo Koon is kind of like, "Who? What astromech droid is this? Do you know this droid?" And <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you've 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 met our two before." But I guess they <laughs> met all met I guess.
5: Uh, yeah, to me, I just take that as they really don't pay attention. It's super weird mm-hmm. that Anakin is, and Ahsoka are really attached to yeah, R2, yeah. but you know, totally. He gets he gets his shout out from from Mace, which is great. Yeah. Totally. Uh, any other canon stuff before we move on?
6: Little tiny ones. Uh, Anakin and stance at the window. We, uh, that one a lot is very Vader-like, and, and that one pops up a lot, quite frankly. Um, two little lines that are used, uh, that are used, and they're so, you hear them again. Uh, Plo uh, says to Ahsoka as they go into that bar, we must be cautious. Hmm. Uh, so, man, I wonder if he said that, and Obi-Wan's heard it enough to use it elsewhere. I think it's uh, just
5: a standard Jedi statement before going into a bar, right, yeah. every time. Every time,
6: every time, uh, Boss has a line that says, We've got an incoming ship, and he says, Jedi by the look of it. And it just made me think of WA7 and Dexter Steiner, <laughs> Jedi by the looks of them. <laughs> I just kind of like the similar, yeah, so.
5: yeah, yeah. I guess a last thing for me is, is it's not even really a canon thing, it's just one of those moments of I literally wrote down in my notes, of That's a hell of a thing, taking a deep step, state, uh, step back to growing up with the original trilogy. And just having that moment in that second episode with R2 Comes Home is like, okay, that's R2-D2 piloting a Jedi starfighter. And Bosk is flying Slave One while child Boba Fett shoots at R2 because he thinks he's a Jedi. (laughs) That is just such a, uh, you know, it's just accepted. Like, oh, yeah, it's Star Wars. But from, you know, our original trilogy perspective, if somebody had described that scene to us in 1992, right? Yeah. Oh, just yeah. mind blowing.
6: What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah.
5: Was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned?
6: All right. Hear me out here. There's some great purpose to everything, Maze. We. I'm glad we discussed it. It may, even made me feel better about what I'm going to say here. Uh, and I was. And I watched this morning uh, on the treadmill, watched some of Revenge of the Sith. I got hmm. some good Mace stuff. I kind of wanted to see some stuff. Look, I get it. Mace can be a downer at times. All right. <laughs> and I think it's very purpo- purposeful at times. He's he's uh, a veteran Jedi. He's stoic. He's measured. He's occasionally grumpy, dour. I also think he uh, keeps telling people some things and they don't listen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think Mace, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he can sometimes be used as an example of, of, of late stage Jedi Order problems. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and I think there's great purpose to it. But in this second episode specifically, and it ends up in a great spot. You mentioned it. It is truly, truly growth for Mace. Through the adversity, he grew to appreciate R2. And at the beginning of the episode, he really doesn't. But there was a couple lines where it's like, is he that bad all the time? He's he's kind of cutting, biting. You know, I want to know what's his favorite food. Does he love a deli sandwich? I want to find what brings Mace joy, and I want to talk to him about it.
5: Yeah, I would love that too. I think that's one of the things that I really like about Mace's characters. I think he is up to a point of criticism of the Jedi where there are some things that he sees very clearly and he knows forward action is needed and he doesn't, you know, recycle the same old debates. He just Mm-mm. moves forward. And some of that is admirable, but then, you know, this is one of those, the, the it, it's a high difficult road to be a Jedi uh, that there are some things that he should question. Mm. Like, uh, you know, how, how important is compassion and humanity and connection not dangerous attachment but the good side of anakin's compassion you know Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. good side of his connection to uh, uh, ahsoka uh the good side of his uh, you know absolute faith and trust in r2 uh is you know i think uh, i think mace is a symbol of of criticizing not questioning those things and it's great that he does And like all right fair enough he's he's pretty Mm -hmm. great i also just kind of feel like what I, one of the things I love about Mace's character of kind of separating out all of the, the Jedi wisdom, criticism of like, you know, I've certainly known those people in life to, in a certain mood. I can be one of those uh, people where it's just like, I, I'm i just focused on what I want to get done. Then there's yes. nothing that it's going to make me smile. <laughs> like, yeah, same. I enjoy sushi, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Thank you. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not filling out a dating profile. Let's get the thing we're doing done. I <laughs> uh, love it. Yes, I hear you. <laughs> I think that's just who Mace is. I think yeah. engaging him in, in small talk is, uh, even the best of times, is, you know. Yeah. I think the most fun-loving that Mace Windu gets is that line in the first episode. Is like, you just wanted to show off.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. No, you're well set. Yeah, I love it. A little justice for Mace. Because, yeah, anytime I'm on set shooting something, I always, always hear, are you having fun? Yes, let's just finish. Can we go? <laughs>
5: I'm focusing. I'm focusing here. Yeah. Uh, Mace is in focus mode at all times, yeah. I think, is his character. Uh, I didn't dislike or, or question anything. I, I think for me, uh, this these episodes, this arc, you know, they're about R2. It's about Ahsoka, but it's very much uh, about um, Boba Fett In his journey. And his journey is totally made possible by Mace's actions and i think i like that we don't actually dive into it it just mm. opens that door crack for us to ask those questions but sometimes there's there's a part of me is like could this episode have you know included a scene where somebody really interrogates mace about how do you feel about it is it yeah. the right choice you know cuz mm. i think it opens the door to that question and it invites us to ask it but the episodes themselves i don't think super deal with mm. mace's killing of Django,
6: yeah yeah for another time a story for another time i guess
5: yeah yeah and it, yeah. It, it, this is not a uh, this this scene should have been the episode oh, it's yeah, me no. honestly wondering because i don't i you know we talk about that uh, room to dream quote from from david lynch i think this is mm. a, a, what a lot of great star wars storytelling does in, in a lot of great clone wars does filoni himself has been on a record of saying i like leaving things open-ended so i think ultimately i like that The fact that this everything this episode is motivated by that action of Mace uh, taking out Django invites you to question it if you want to. But if that's not your focus, you can also just really, uh, you know, stay focused on these great themes from Boba's perspective about uh, vengeance versus justice. Yeah. And and, and
6: Mace would probably tell you, just just stay focused. All right. I'll deal with it.
5: (laughs) He really would. The past is a past. Move on, Scrimshaw. That's what he would say. Uh, all right, is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on?
6: Just more quickly. We we talked about it. Kevin Conner's music, some very specific stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think you and I both watched the Filoni featurette where you discussed it, but it's it's also very present. And you see it and you notice it. Just that some of the music you got the young Boba music cue kind of representing one path, and then kind of uh, the darker stuff, um, more unique stuff, uh, especially stuff around Ora sing more unique. That's kind of representing. Hey, if you take door right. Door left. What are you going to do? I really thought it was really effective. Some different stuff. And again, I always go Revenge of the Sith. John Williams is some of his best work in Star Wars for me. I always say I'm not lying. It is actually my favorite Star Wars score uh, because Williams just was like, let's just do different things. Drums and this and then Padme's ruminations. And so Kiner just takes a lot of that and makes it his own. And I thought this episode just highlighted all of that.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Great music in uh, both Hondo's place and great music in the bar. And the mournful Django theme in particular is really haunting and and really tragic and really adds a ton to the episode. So continued uh, respect for Kevin Kiner. Uh, If you could have, Ken, an action figure from this arc, who do you want?
6: All right. There's a lot of choices lot of choices, but I went with this, Joseph. I want I want a plush, but I'd, I'd also take a six-inch black series. I, I'd take a three-and-three-quarter for you, all versions. But I think a plush would work best. I want a plush of the Kowakian monkey lizard sitting on t- on the top shelf of the bar drinking. <laughs> it's a split-second freeze-framing, kids. He's like, you know, if you go to the bar and you order the top-shelf whiskey because you've had a good month, he's up there on that shelf, just drinking like he's a pirate in that Disneyland ride. He's just having fun. And I want I want that guy.
5: Yeah. Oh, that that's great. Uh the the plush drinking quacky and monkey lizard or, you know, the Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> quacky yeah. and monkey lizards punching yeah. each other. Both available soon, I'm sure, at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Uh for me, I'm going with my uh, classic uh three and three quarter that I love. Uh I loved Plo Koon in this uh in his particular episode. So I really want a Plo Koon action figure, but specifically I want a Plo Koon with a bar crawl disguise. Not full Jedi, (sighs) but when he's trying to blend in at the bar.
6: It's a great design. It's a great cloak. Oh, yeah.
5: I'd love that. Yeah. Ready to just put that uh, lightsaber on the bar and say... Here's the conversation we're having.
6: (laughs) Let's go drinking, Plow. Available now. Uh,
5: Great discussion, as always, uh, Ken. uh, Great insights. I'm looking forward to discussing our next few episodes as we get into season three. Season two is messy when it comes to the chronological order, season three is bonkers. Uh, It jumps. (laughs) all around so our next episodes in this chronological rewatch are season three episodes five and six corruption and the academy we are going back to mandalore ken uh, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be
6: Something you and I have learned in this last year of recording remotely with recording programs that uh, you know, work most of the time and trying to get our rhythm down. Uh, your podcasts uh, will grow through uh, the adversity and you must trust the process. <laughs> trust the process
5: of the podcast. Great moral. Ken,
6: where can people find us? Uh, hey, you can find uh, all of us uh, here at Force Center on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page, Force Center podcast. Get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, but don't forget it's on Amazon Music, Spotify, if that's easier, a lot of different ways to take in podcasts, and there's a great podcast, Listening, War, Brewing. So choose what's right for you, but we're available in a lot of spots. Uh, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center to uh, buy merch, and uh, you can support us directly at forcecenter. Uh, uh, for, for, uh, on patreon.com slash force center so many links i almost <laughs> had patreon.com slash force center uh you can follow me at Cadnapsock and Cadnapsock.com. joseph and i always like to highlight places to help and uh focus on uh in real world we usually do that on our tuesday show joseph i think maybe this was uh since we're doing this right now, uh, yeah, something we'll be pro- I'll be promoting, and I don't want to speak for you, but I know you're probably behind it. Uh, go to coloradohealingfund.org. This was uh, set up, um, I do believe, by a principal or a teacher at Columbine back in the day. And this is uh, uh, a uh, fund to help those affected by uh, uh, mass shootings and tragedies of that nature. And the, and the Boulder King one that happened this past week, you can support directly through coloradohealingfund.org.
5: Uh, yes uh, fully fully uh, support and advocate for that as well uh, thank you for sharing that ken uh you can find me on twitter instagram at joseph scrimshaw you can check out my website joseph for all of my other comedy adventures uh but for now for myself for ken for bosk who we didn't talk about as much but he had some uh, great snarling and hissing this has been the clone wars report